0: Turn with me, please, to Romans, the first chapter, and get ready. You know, those that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. Let's release faith for the utterance for the rest of the time, and not just to to learn some things. Or make a few notes. Church should be much more. Than getting additional information. Much more. The word of God is living. And powerful. And spirit. Jesus said the word. He said the flesh profits nothing. The words I speak to you. They are spirit. And they are life. Hallelujah. And the spirit of God. Is very real. And you're not limited to what I know or what any other preacher might know. The Spirit of God can say things to you in between the things I said and after what I said, and but you, you understand what I'm talking about, and minister, it's, only he can minister to thousands of people or millions of people individually, simultaneously. And that's what's supposed to be happening. So let's release faith. Father, in Jesus' name, we all agree together, asking you, agreeing together, touching this, asking for utterance, for the anointing, for the moving and manifesting of your Holy Spirit, for the working of your holy angels, for the moving and accomplishing of your perfect and good will, the revealing and fulfilling of your good plan. We ask for it. Whatever we need to see right now. We know there's so many good things. I mean, the good things about you don't end. But you know what we need to see and hear right now. And we ask for that. And we believe for it. Thank you for bringing us up to the next step, to the next place. Moving us forward into your full will. In Jesus' name we ask it. We believe we receive it. Amen. Amen. In Romans... First chapter Romans one fifteen He said So as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein, in the good news, the gospel, is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. How is it revealed? Does faith have anything to do with what you see and understand? Absolutely. Then if it's from faith to faith, what that means is as your faith grows and develops, you're able to understand more. And more will be revealed to you. This is why, to the faithless, the Bible is a closed book. That's why, to them, it just looks like it's riddled with inconsistencies. It's just an old, archaic piece of literature. Why are we so excited about it? Well, it's not that you and I are messed up, it's that spiritually they are blind and deaf. And unable to understand. And it's because faith is the key. That lets you see. More faith allows you to see more. But you can't say show me Lord and I'll believe. That's not how it works. You believe first and then he shows you. You believe more and he shows you more. You say, well, prove it to me, and I'll believe it. Well, faith is not based on reasoning. Faith is a choice. If it's to the satisfaction of your reasoning or your physical examination, there's no faith involved. You have decided it's established to your reasoning and understanding. Faith can no longer be a factor. It's when you don't understand. And you just say, I believe it. If you said it, I believe it. And that comes to a direct personal trust of the one you have faith in. Amen. And, and there's so many parts to this. God is so great. He deserves our faith. Yes, he, does. Yes. he has never lied to us or anybody. Anywhere at any time. If anybody ought to be trusted, it's him. He's never been wrong about anything. He's never been unable to keep his word. If anybody ought to be trusted, it's him. But that's not all. It's necessary. For us to trust him. To follow him. Because we are so young. And know so little. Do you know there's questions a two year old can ask you. You cannot explain to them. (laughs) And we've got all kind of books now. That have been written. By psychologists and other folks. That say oh no never tell a child. Because I said so always explain i've seen mothers bless their hearts in the aisle 5 at grocery store trying to calm a screaming child trying to reason with them and explain it to them and the child is getting louder by the second not only can they not understand what you're trying to explain to them in so much detail they don't care <laughs> They don't want to hear what you're trying to say right now. Yes, there are many times it needs to be. Why? Because I said so. Period. In. Well, I just don't agree with you. Well, I'm sorry, but you're wrong. Because it's not me you don't agree with. This is how God operates. And your whole life with him operates by, because I said so. <laughs> Why do this? Because God said so. Why believe this? Because he said so. Amen. Right? Yes. And so much of that is vitally necessary because he can't explain it to you right now. If he could, he could, but you wouldn't have a clue what he's talking about. Personally, and I have experienced a little bit of this. There was this one particular situation that I, I really wanted to know about it. In the word and the spiritually, and just a thing in life. It was all tied together. And I asked sincerely, Lord, teach me about that. Explain this to me. Help me to understand that. And when I got through praying, I didn't know any more about it than when I started, and, nor the next day, nor the next year. But I had prayed and I asked him sincerely and in faith. The key to in faith means you keep expecting to find out, even as time passes. And I was driving along, thinking about something totally different. Of course, it's been 10 years now. You're not thinking about this every day. And the Lord begins talking to me about this and, and, and unveiling it to me. And the moment he did, I knew him. I thought, Lord, no wonder you didn't answer me 10 years ago. I wouldn't have known what you're talking about. I had to grow. And of course, 10 years God time, if a thousand years to him is like a day, how long was it before he answered me from his perspective? (laughs) Hardly any delay at all. From his perspective, he answered me virtually immediately. But from my perspective, it was 10 years. It's revealed from faith to faith the just shall live by faith you find this in numerous other places in the scriptures the just shall live by faith hebrews 10:38 says it hebrews 10:38 says now the just shall live by faith but if any man draw back what does that mean if you look at the whole context of the book of hebrews you'll see that it deals with people who took a strong stand in christianity Only later, because of persecution, to back off. Back off of their faith. Back off of their stand. You live by faith. But when you walk by faith, you don't back off. I'm going to say that again. When you walk by faith, real faith. What's real faith based on? What he said. Well, is what he said going to change? Then why should you change? If my faith is based on what he says, and what he says is never going to change, then my faith should not change. If any man draw back, pull back, back off, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. Down in just a few verses later in 11.6, he had said without faith, it is impossible to please him. Now, in, in, here in Hebrews, go back to the third chapter. Last Friday, we talked about Joshua and Caleb. Anybody remember? Yeah. And what we had seen is that the scripture in 2 Corinthians 4.13 says, We having the same spirit of faith. I believe, therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. And so we, we saw that the word said concerning Caleb that he had another spirit. You remember that? Yeah. Numbers 14, 24. When the, the 12 spies went up into the promised land, they brought the fruit of the land. But they also saw the giants and the walled cities and the iron chariots. Giants. There were giants in those days. So you mean figuratively? No. The Bible gives you their dimensions and their weights. There were guys that were 10, 11 feet tall. They must have weighed, I don't know, 400, 500 pounds. Their weaponry was so big, an average guy could barely tote it. And yet they would wield it in battle. Massive human beings. Where'd they come from? That's not my subject today. (laughs) But you either believe the Bible or you don't. And it's all answered in the Bible. It's all there. But when they saw these giants, fear got on them. And well, you can imagine, you know, let's say you're 5'9". 160 pounds and you're going to go hand to hand. This ain't no hide behind here and push a button and fire something at him. I mean, this is in your face with a blade. This guy would make three of you. So you can see why it happened to them naturally. They were so intimidated by what they saw and so Scared. Till they turned loose of any faith they had. And they drew back. And they said we can't do this thing. There's no way we can fight these guys and win. It's suicide. But Caleb. And Joshua. <laughs> yeah. Saw the same guys. That's right. They saw the same walled cities. They saw the same giant spears and swords and weaponry. Same iron chariots. And yet. Had a completely different perspective. Their assessment was. Yeah. Their defense is departed from them. They are bred for us. Modern translation. Piece of cake. <laughs> How do you go from absolutely no way. Two piece of cake. It makes all the difference what you're looking at. I said it makes all the difference what you're looking at. The scared folks were looking at what? Giants, big walls, iron chariots, giant spears, giant swords. Caleb and Joshua are not looking at that. They're looking at something else. Is that right? We walk by faith, not by sight. We look not at those things that are seen, but at the things that are not seen. They're looking at God. The same God that was bigger than the mightiest nation on the planet, Egypt. He just spanked Egypt for them. Is that right? He brought them to their knees. He split the Red Sea. Yeah, They've seen him do things nobody's ever heard about. Right. And uh, they, they said God's with us. Right. Same God did all this. That's right. Pharaoh said no, no, no way. And here we are. That's right. Gone from Egypt. That's right. And uh, they said we can do it. We are well able. Oh, yeah. We are well able. Yes. What a difference. No way. Are well able. Thank you, Lord. Now, the reason we're talking about this is because the principles of faith are identical today. None of that has changed. Your giant may not be Goliath, he may not be 10 foot tall, 450 killing machine. Might be cancer, might be a mountain of debt. Might be. Problems in relationships. So much so called water under the bridge. The thought that keeps coming through your mind. No way. There's no way. There's no way. That's what they said. I said that's what they said. Well this is terminal. It's too far advanced. It's too far gone. For who? Maybe for you. Maybe for what we know in medical science. But with God. Nothing's impossible. Nothing's too hard. All things are possible to God and all things are possible to him that believes. They were completely convinced that it was impossible for them to defeat these giants and these walled cities but just a generation later under the leadership of Joshua they proved it wasn't impossible. Is that right? It took miracles to do it, like God personally pushing the wall down so you could go through. But they proved not only could it be done, they did it. So people would say, it's the giant that's the problem. No, it was the fear and unbelief that was the problem. The giants didn't keep them out. Because if it was really the giants that kept them out, they would have kept the next generation out too. If it was really the walled cities or the iron chariots. Right. Cancer is not too big. Diabetes is not too big. Heart problems not too big. Age is not too big. $10 million of debt is not too big. Or 500000 If you believe it's too big, then you're with them. And the way you can tell you believe it is because you cry over it all the time. And you stay depressed over it all the time. Fear is not hard to discern. People full of fear are sad people. They're depressed people. They're hopeless people. And by the same token, faith is not hard to discern. You reckon out of all those, there were 603,550 soldiers plus women and children and old people in that camp. And do you reckon without knowing it, if God just dropped you in that camp, you reckon you could have picked out Joshua and Caleb? (laughs) You know you could. First of all, they're not crying. Is that right? They're not crying. And secondly, they're not depressed. I said they're not depressed. I said they're not depressed. Yes, but I have clinical such and such. You're not listening. You think that's bigger than God. There is nothing bigger than God. Miracles can happen faster than you can blink your eye. I'm telling you, the power of God, it is so easy. The power of God can touch you, your glands, your brain, your hormones, your balances. So quick. But if you're convinced it's an impossible, unfixable situation, then you're stuck. You're stuck. For you, it is. But it's not with God. It's not with God. Nothing's too big for my God. No, 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 no. Nothing's too big for my God. Not going to be discouraged. Not going to be depressed. Nothing's too big for God. I'm in his rest. Thank you, Lord. Joshua and Caleb were different from the other ten spies out of the twelve. And uh, the Bible said, mentioning Caleb and, of course, Joshua was in the same, the same way, That he had another spirit. Numbers 14.24. The Lord said. My servant Caleb. That makes you feel good right off. When the Lord says. My my servant. You're, You're liking the situation better already. My servant Caleb. Because he had another spirit with him. Now. That's. If you read the previous verses. It's different. To the spirit of fear and rebellion. That the rest of the bunch had. Now come on think about what they're saying. We can't do it. Can't do what? Can't do what the Lord told us to do. It's what they're saying. He said I've given you the land. He said go up and possess it. I am with you. And what they say? I know he said that, but we've seen the giants. We can't. We can't. So it's not just ignorantly unbelieving, it's stubbornness. Come on. Hmm? Come on. And it boils down to I won't. Come on. By nature of what faith is, there's no such thing as a person who can't believe. If you can understand what was told to you, you can believe it. You don't have to. (laughs) It's a choice. You either believe it or not. If I told you something that sounded far-fetched, I went fishing yesterday. I said, this is if. (laughs) And I caught a fish that weighed 1,000 pounds. And I caught three of them that weighed exactly 1,000 pounds each. (laughs) <laughs> you could say, I don't believe that. But you couldn't really say, I can't believe it. What you're doing is assessing my character. And you're and you're trying to assess your knowledge of the situation or your knowledge of fish or the waters <laughs> or whatever or fishing and saying, I don't believe him. But basically, you just called me a liar and accused me of being dishonest and trying to deceive or being unable to do what I said I did or was going to do. What about God? When he tells you, do this, this is yours. And they say, no, we can't. It wasn't just innocence and something to feel sorry for Him; It was rebellion and stubbornness. But he said, My servant Caleb has another spirit. And notice the characteristics of this other spirit. He has followed me fully. Somebody said out loud, He followed me, he followed me. Fully. fully. He's followed me fully. Deuteronomy 136, it was repeated. Caleb, the son of Jephunah, he will see the land. The Lord said to him will I give the land that he has trodden upon and to his children because he has wholly followed the Lord. Now this is the opposite of drawing back. Wholly following the Lord. Another way of saying this, it encompasses more than this, but one way of describing it is going all the way. Going all the way. All in and all the way. Wholly. Completely. And one thing I wanted to see this, one reason I wanted to see this is because it is so clear that that's how it was. Because you've got to remember, what we're reading about in Numbers, the Lord had just declared to them, you've been saying we're going to die out here, we're going to die out here. And what you said is going to come to pass. You are going to die out here. And for every day that you despised the land. That I told you was yours. You're going to wander around out here a year. For every day. Forty years. Until all of you. All the men of this generation are gone. And then he said. Except. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Joshua. Hey. Hey. And Caleb. That's <laughs> <right>. <laughs> <Praise> God. <laughs> <Amen>. <laughs> How many would like to be and accept? Oh, yeah. <laughs> would you like to be and accept? Yeah. And really, when we're talking about faith, this is what we're talking about. Because the Bible said, when the Son of Man returns, when he comes, shall he find faith in the earth. Faith is rare. Jesus said many that go into the path of destruction, but there's few that enter into the way of salvation. Amen. Faith is not everywhere. I know a lot of people think it is, but it's not. And if you're gonna have a different outcome than most people, then you gotta have a different spirit. You gotta have a different mentality, yeah. you gotta talk differently, you gotta believe differently, and you gotta live and walk by faith, which is radically different from this unbelieving, confused. Mentally confused in every other way world all around us. Amen. And this is what the Lord quickened me today. Is we studied in the scriptures from Revelation and other places about to him that overcomes. To him that overcomes. To him that overcomes. And we ask the question overcome what? Overcomes what? What did Joshua and Caleb overcome? That the rest of thousands of people did not. They overcame fear and the temptation to doubt and and not believe. Fear and unbelief. They did, didn't they? That's one of the greatest battles you will ever face is your own personal dealings with fear and temptation to not believe and to quit. That's where the real battle is. Amen. That's what the Bible says. We, though we walk in the flesh, we don't war after the flesh. And the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations yes, yes. and every thought. Amen. This is something that's going on inside that's you. Right. Is that right? Amen. You're bombarded uh-huh. with fear. Yes. Fear of not having enough money. Fear of not overcoming the symptoms that's in your body. Fear, right? Fear of not being able to work through that relationship issue. Fear of what the your business is going through or or the market or the economy. Any way you cut it, fear is absolutely unacceptable for the child of God. We live by faith. If you don't live by faith, you'll die by fear. We walk by faith. If you don't walk by faith, you'll get off course, off track by fear and unbelief. And it's a battle every day. Long as we're down here, it's going to be a challenge. Because we are living in an environment of doubt and unbelief. That's one of the reasons why you need to come to church. Get a bunch of believers come in. Bring their faith. We're not sharing this with folks that use it as a nightclub. Come on. Come on. Listen, we, we don't have those other environments and spirits in here. Amen. Or somebody that teaches and preaches another religion and a false god that after we leave, they don't come in and set up another thing and put some idols up and do Amen. some other stuff. Amen. That's one reason why the Lord wanted us to have our own place. Amen on our own land paid for beholding to nobody on it this should be a safe place spiritually to come into whether you're in more of an environment of faith If you got faith sitting beside you and faith behind you and faith in front of you and faith coming to you from the pulpit and faith coming to you when you walk out the doors in the parking lot faith, 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 faith Makes it easier to stand and easier to believe. And there are times when you have been out in the midst of a situation where there's nothing close to faith. Maybe on the job. Some people have a home situation that's bad. And on and on. You not only have to overcome fear and doubt that comes against you. You have to overcome their fear and their unbelief because it does influence your environment first of all if you don't need to be there don't be there but it's not always avoidable Joshua and Caleb they were as close to the giants and the walled cities as any of these other guys and you know, when they saw 15 foot man killer, they had the same thoughts any other man had. Right? I mean, I'm going to go hand to hand with this guy. But they grabbed those thoughts and those fears and they threw them down. Come on, come on. And they said, God has brought us this far. He brought The kingdom of Egypt to its knees. I mean Pharaoh. We we just a whole army. Is that right? right. If God can handle Pharaoh. And his horses and chariots. He can handle these boys too. Is that right? They grabbed it and they threw it down. They won the battle. In their own heart and mind. Over the fear and over the unbelief. But it was just the beginning. Why? Because they had to overcome for another four decades the unbelief and the fear of a hopeless, dying, hundreds of thousands of folks that they lived with day in, day out. If I had a hat, I'd say my hat's off to them. Is that right? couldn't have been easy a lot of folks can be high in faith and full of confidence and fully persuaded we just come out of a you know good week's meeting but buddy you go where nobody else is believing this but you and one other guy nobody else is expecting this to come to pass Nobody. You can't go down the block. You can't go a half mile away. Everywhere you go. In every direction. With hundreds of thousands. Of crying. Mad. Hopeless people. That's right. Come on. You think that didn't affect the environment. Oh, around yeah. Oh, yeah. that place. You think you would? You couldn't feel that. When you walked into the camp. Oh, yeah. Come on. Whew. Whew. Which is why personally I think Joshua and Caleb had to have a little edifying time around the campfire. Is that right? On a pretty regular basis. But it wouldn't just have to be the other person because as we saw with David, you can encourage yourself. David, his men were talking about killing him. They think they've lost their families forever, their kids, their wives, everybody. They are sick to their heart. Their strength is gone. And, you know, human nature. And if you don't have the faith and your heart's not where it should be, you want to blame somebody for it. And so they all said they want to blame David, kill him. And so you talk about not having anybody to support you. Nobody. And he's lost his kids, too. And his wives too. And his house is burnt to the ground too. And all his wealth that he's built up over the past several years. Gone. Everything's gone. They got nothing but ashes and tears. The Bible said they had cried till they couldn't cry anymore. And yet, in the middle of that, you know what he did? The Bible said he encouraged himself in the Lord. Until he got built up enough to believe something could happen that he dared to inquire of the Lord and ask if something could be done. And come to find out, they're all still alive. And the Lord said, go get them. You'll recover all. And they did. Because somebody wouldn't just lay there and cry and feel sorry for themselves. But friend, if you're waiting on somebody else to come prop you up, you can be in trouble. It is true. You not only have to overcome your own fear and doubt that comes against you. You've got to overcome other people's Amen. that you're around. Amen. Because the enemy will continually try to influence and cause that to get in you. Amen. Come on. But only you control what gets in you. That's right. Only you. And it's not enough just to believe God real strong. For a day or two, they had to believe God real strong for 40 years. Is it true? (laughs) Are you in Hebrews? Do we make it to Hebrews? Go back to the third chapter. Let me read some. Three and six. He said, but Christ is a son over his own house. Whose house are we? If we do what? Hold fast the confidence and the what? Rejoice. Rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end. Here's another way you can tell you're in faith. How can you tell people it's in fear and unbelief? Crying. Depressed. Hopeless. How can you tell faith people? Rejoicing. Of the hope. Hope means expectation. Of something good. Rejoicing. If you really expect something good. Is going to happen. And headed your way. You can't stay down. You can't stay. No matter how bad it is right now. You know just a little while. We're getting out of this. Is that right? But if you believe. It's never going to be any better. It's only get worse. You have a hard time laughing. That's right. Come on. Hold fast the confidence and rejoicing of hope firm to the end. Wherefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today, if you'll hear His voice, Harden not your hearts as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works forty years, wherefore I was grieved with that generation and said they do always err in their heart, yet they have not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath they shall not enter into my rest. Now notice, the warning is don't get hardened. Do you reckon Joshua and Caleb were ever tempted to get hardened? Why do we have to wander around out here? We were ready to go in last year, five years ago, 15 years ago. We were ready to go in 25 years ago. Right? 35 years ago, we were ready. Year after year, what's the temptation? To get disillusioned and get hard. Hard. Hardened through what? Unbelief. Verse 12 says, Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Especially the big things. When the Lord shows you something and he tells you to do something or he tells you he's given you something, something is yours, especially the big things, they don't all just happen overnight or in a couple of weeks or in a couple of months. And you have to maintain faith even in lousy environments over the long term. This is why a lot of people don't do it. That's why they don't make it. You've got to maintain in the midst of people laughing at you, mocking you. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Telling you what a fool you are. I mean, Job's own wife, what'd she tell him? Why don't you just get it over with? Right? Wow. just curse God and die and get out of here and he made some mistakes but even in his confusion and and wrong thinking he said though he slay me yet will I trust him even though he didn't understand some stuff his bottom line was I trust him (laughs) right? and I ain't going anywhere and I'm not quitting right and this is what it takes to get to big things and to get to miracles. A lot of people get excited. Jesus talked about this in what we call the parable of the sower, didn't he? He compared this word to seed being sown in four different types of ground. And uh, one of them, he said, they receive with joy, but they have no root. And so they just endure. You hear that word, Endure just for a little while and then when there's persecution and there's problems because of the word they cast away their confidence and no fruit is brought to perfection now see here's an example of a person who heard the word got the revelation of it got excited had faith was believing God great until time passed by didn't look like it's happening it's not going to happen and they got weary and they quit And they give up and they draw back. And the Bible said, the Lord said, I I have no pleasure in them that draw back. Why? Because he wants you to receive. One of the big reasons, it gives him no pleasure for us to come short of what he's bought and paid for and wants us to have. Skip on down to the uh, fourth chapter and the sixth verse. Seeing, therefore, it remains that some must enter therein. And they to whom it was first preached entered not in. Why? Why didn't they get in? Because the walls were too big. Because the giants were too tough. No. Next generation proved. That wasn't it. Why? They didn't enter in because of unbelief. Now, this is an interesting word here. This word unbelief appears two or three times in the previous third chapter, and it just means they didn't believe. This is a little different word, and it means they couldn't be persuaded. That's why it's evil. Unpersuadable. Couldn't persuade them. You know, Thomas was experiencing some of that, wasn't he? When they told him, We've seen the Lord, and he said, I don't care what you say, unless I can see him and touch him and put my hand on his body, I will not believe. What is that? Unpersuadable. Not can't. I will not. Why couldn't they get in? Unbelief. Let us labor, therefore, verse 11, to enter into that rest, lest any man should fall after the same example of unbelief. Thank God, the faith that we have, if we'll hold on to it, is a sustaining faith. I said it's a sustaining faith. It's a faith that will not only stay, if you'll just hold on to it, will sustain you all through your life. It is a faith you can die with. It is a faith that... It's not even interrupted when you stop breathing. (laughs) It is a faith. It comes out of God. It's a measure of his faith. So it exists in both dimensions, material and spirit. It exists in all time realms, this time and time to come. You ought not have a faith that wouldn't stay with you through death. That you couldn't die with. We should live by faith. And we should die by faith. Jesus demonstrated it. When he hung on the cross. Didn't he? What did he say? Father. Into your hands. I commit my spirit. And he breathed his last breath. And his spirit left his body. Died in faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. (laughs) <laughs> came back a few days later <laughs> picked up his body <laughs> which is what you and I are going to do too somebody say I live by faith and I'm going to die by faith you need to overcome fear oh death, 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 death I'm dying. quit looking at that and look up where you're going and when you realize, hey, this is it. This is it. And in just a few more days, it's going to be it. Right. I don't care if you live another 50 years or 75. It's going to come and go so quick. Yeah. And you're going to be at the time and the day where you breathe your last. It's going to be it. And when you get there, you need to be so excited. Yeah. I say you need to be so excited. Yeah. Because you've been headed for this your whole life. Yeah. Ever since yeah. they spanked your bottom. Yeah. <laughs> This is where you've been headed. And the Bible said the end of a thing is better than the beginning. And Paul said to depart and be with Christ is far better than being here. Amen. Do you believe it? Yes. Do you believe it? Yes. The Lord said I, I'm going to prepare a place for you. If it wasn't so I would have told you so. I'm going. Preparing a place. Is it true? Is it true? Then that's where you're going. If you believe that. Then death has no power on you. And you you probably hardly even know you died. You'll have to look back and see your body and go, Wow, I'm out. And you look at your buddy and go, Man, I didn't know I was that old. Look at that. Thank you, Lord. I'm done with that. No more pain. No more sorrow. No more crying, no more dying, no more, no more, no more. Just a few more days, just a few more years. But until then, don't get too big of a hurry. Till then, we got a job to do. We are here on mission, on assignment. There are things we are supposed to accomplish, and the only way we will be able to do it is by God's grace and help, and it will be accessed through our faith. And we'll have to trust him. And walk in faith every day. From here to the end. But this faith. Is accompanied with patience. Isn't that what Hebrews said? Through faith and patience. We inherit the promises. That's what Abraham found. True? Look in James. The first chapter. And the second verse. What did he say, my brethren? When you, Temptations have to do with trials, tests, challenges, issues. When you find yourself in that situation, what is the faith response? Joy. Hallelujah! Hallelujah. I like a song they used to sing in Brother Shambach's meetings. Ten meetings. You go, Hallelujah, anyhow, do, 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 do. never, never let your troubles get you down, when life's problems come your way, hold your head up high and just say, hallelujah, anyhow. Amen. <laughs> Glory. Hallelujah. Well, that's basically right, this verse right here. Yeah. You find some troubles, some challenges. What do you do? Now, now, is everybody awake? You can't count it joy looking at the problems. You won't be. You can't. Looking at the symptoms. Looking at, thinking about, talking about how you hurt. How the report's bad. How much you owe. How bad the economy is. How weak you are. You will not have joy looking at that, that's right. talking yeah. about that, thinking about that. Amen. You won't. Amen. Which means what? Well, don't look at it. Yeah, but that's not going to be enough. You got to look at something else. That's <laughs> <laughs> what I was fishing for. Look. <laughs> we look not at the things that are seen. Those are things that are seen. We don't look at those. If you walk by faith, you don't look at those. We look at the things that are not not seen. We don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. How did Peter walk on the water? By faith looking where? Looking at Jesus. Thinking about what he told him to do which was come. And then what happened? He quit looking at Jesus. started looking at the wind and the waves. And the power quit manifesting the miracle ceased manifesting. He started seeking. Doesn't matter what you look at. Yes. Yes. The only way you can count it joy and the only way you can maintain faith and confidence in an environment that's filled with doubt and fear and unbelief is you've got to look at the right thing. have got to choose to set your gaze set your eyes on him. He went on to say, knowing, I'm reading Young's literal translation now, the proof of your faith does work endurance. Now, the reason I read this is because this is a very literal rendering of the word that's translated patience. And so many times when we hear patience, I don't know, people have some funny ideas about what patience is. But when you're talking about patience accompanying faith in the Bible you're talking about endurance. You're talking about perseverance. What does that mean? You believed it today you'll believe it tomorrow. You're expecting it this week you'll expect it next week. You don't change because what he told you doesn't change. Now I need to give a qualifier here. I'm not talking about you just decided off the top of your head you'd believe for something. And now you're going to stand no matter what anybody says that it happens. People have missed it there many, many times. I'm talking about you heard from him. Y'all with me, friends? You heard from him. You don't just stand through anything and everything, as long as it takes on some whim you decided to believe for. But when you have heard from him, Amen. from his word, from his spirit, which is always going to be in line with his word. Amen. When you've heard from him, that's what you stand on. Amen. Did Joshua and Caleb have such a word? Yes, they did. This is not just they didn't just decide I want to go over there and I want that and I'm gonna believe for that. Come on. Come on. So this is where a lot of so-called faith folks have missed it because yeah. they just take a step off the top of their head I'm going to do this, I'm going to believe for this and if they'd asked the Lord he'd have told them no, don't believe for that believe for this yes. Amen. they never heard from him so you're setting yourself up from some real disappointment discouragement had they heard from the Lord he told them That's right. I've given you the land Amen. he told them go up and possess he told them I'm with you yeah. so they had solid rock yeah. come on now. And it held up under them for 10, 20, 30, 40 years. Which the word of God will do. And 40 million years. Knowing the proof of your faith does work endurance. Let the endurance have a perfect work. That you may be perfect and entire in nothing lacking. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Go to Hebrews eleven twenty-seven. How can you do what they did? How can a man, how can a woman be in that kind of environment? Pervasive unbelief and fear in the desert. How you understand this is not a resort? <laughs> this is not on the beach, right? This is not a lush valley. This is the hot, dry Desert. And it's not for a couple of weeks. How do you hold on to your faith like that? First, got to know you've heard from him. Because the first thing the enemy will hit is, did the Lord really say that to you? Are you sure you really heard that? That's what, the first thing he's going to challenge. You. And if you can't say, I know, I'm sure, then you're in trouble. But even though you can say, I know, I'm sure. The enemy tries to wear you down. Day after day, week after week, year after year. So what's the key? If we had Caleb and Joshua in here tonight. And we'd say, Caleb, Joshua, would you take the mic here? And tell us, boys. How did you do it? In the midst of such overwhelming fear and unbelief. That caused a whole generation to die young and die wrong. How did you two, out of hundreds of thousands, two, I guess out of six hundred and three thousand five hundred and fifty, because that was the, the men of war, uh-huh. soldiers, Whew. out of hundreds of thousands, how did you two make it through that? Please tell us. Well, I know it wouldn't be any different from the rest of the Word of God. Because that's, right. that's what works. And that's why I want to read you this verse right now. <laughs> Hebrews eleven twenty-seven. 27. Are you there? Yeah. Moses. By faith he forsook Egypt. Not fearing the wrath of the king. For he did what? Yeah. Endured. How did he do it? He endured. As seeing him. Who is invisible. Who we've been talking about all night. Joshua and Caleb. Could not focus. On where they are. Right now. They could not focus. On the fact that they're getting older every year. That's how you get bitter. That's how you get hard. Is looking at the things seen. And the passage of time. They had to keep looking. Looking. And what God told him, and God had told Caleb, and it applied to Joshua too, that he was going in the land, and his kids were going to have it too. That's right. He told him, because right. he and Joshua were the only ones who believed him. And boy, they latched onto that word. I mean, they welded onto that word. You know what I mean by that? Them and that word were one. And they bound to sit around the campfire at night once in a while. Can you imagine 20 years, 30 years, and look at each other and go, how many died today? And I heard it was 6,000. Because at one point, they're all getting to that age, you know. They? And uh, Josh would look at Caleb and say, I'll tell you one thing, I'm going in. Caleb said you got that right. You ain't the only one going in. The Lord told me personally. Called me by name. Said I was his servant. (laughs) Told me I was going in. And I'm going in. I don't care what it takes. Ain't nobody bigger than God. And by this time they are 65. 70. 75. Is that right? A lot of people start turning loose of their dreams. Don't they? They start turning loose of things. Moses endured. Others endured same way as doing what? Seeing him who is invisible. They didn't look where they were. They looked where they're going. Oh, come on. You don't look at your body. You look at where you're going. You don't look at your symptoms. You look at your healing. You don't look at your weakness, you look at with long life, he's going to satisfy me and yeah. show me his salvation. You don't look at your debt, you look at my God supplies all my needs according to his riches. It's a choice. And you dare not let yourself look and dwell. How many know if they had just got to looking at the desert and experience what they're experiencing and, and begin to get bitter over that and mad over that, they would have got hard. And when they did, their faith would have been gone. And they'd have lost it. How do you endure when other people don't? You look at something different than what they're looking at. Yes. Amen. Sounds simple, but it's powerful. It's a choice. A lot of times you've got to say, I'm not looking at that. Brother Hagan, when he was on the, paralyzed on the bed at age 16, some of the best doctors in the country told him he couldn't live, couldn't see his 17th birthday. He couldn't live that long. I mean, nobody in his condition had ever lived that long. And if that one thing didn't kill him, another thing would kill him. And he said he was uh, reading his grandma's Bible. And sometimes people would come by to see him and say, well, uh," they got concerned about him because he read the Bible so much, prayed. And uh, some of them, some of the relatives actually sent people to talk to him to try to get him to quit that because they thought, you know, maybe he's getting a little too far off. Well, you know religion's okay just don't go overboard with it i mean and uh, they came asked him said uh, they saw the bible sitting there right beside his table and said uh, one guy said do you, so you read that a lot he said yeah you ever read uh, reader's digest or such such magazine he said no don't have time Amen. He said you ever read you know cowboy novel or this, this? of course this was way back years ago and and, and he said no don't have time Asked him about four of the things and said, What do you mean you don't have time? Well, he meant they told me I, I got a few months to live here. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I hadn't got time. And he's not he he's choosing to look at the word of God. Yeah. My son, attend to my words. Yeah. Incline your eye, yeah. right, and your ear right. to my sayings. Yeah. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Don't let them depart. Yeah. Keep them before your eyes, keep them in the midst of your heart. They're life to those that find them in health and medicine. Yeah. To all their flesh. Yeah. But he's, when he says attend to this. That means you move your focus. Yeah. Right. Yep. Is that right? Yes. Just like turn, if you turn my head over here. I'm not seeing that. Amen. I'm seeing this. Amen. Whose choice is it? Which way I turn my head? Yours. It's mine. Yes. And it really is just that simple. Yes. Am I looking at the sickness? Am I looking at Jesus taking my stripes. And, and my healing paid for. Yes. Am I looking at my bills? Or am I looking at God easily? Take care of me. He's my source and my supply. Amen. How did they endure? Seeing him who's invisible. Keep on reading down to the 12th chapter. Just a few verses later. 12 and 2. Looking unto Jesus. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Can you see him? Yeah. Oh yeah you can. By, all you got to do is decide to look at him. Well, I don't see him. You're not looking. That's right. It's by faith. Yes. All you got to do is look away from everybody else and go, Jesus, I'm looking at you. Yes. I'm looking at you. I got my eyes on you. I got my mind on you. I got my heart towards you. I'm looking at you. Hallelujah. And if you do it sincerely, just like that, you're connected to him. I'm not saying you'll necessarily have a physical manifestation and see his face. But he'll begin to reveal things about himself to you, and you'll begin to see him, different aspects of him, who he is, what he is, his will, his way. Elsewhere, what would he tell us? Look into Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Now, not only does he help us get started in faith. And sustained in faith and finished in faith. But he came and did this faith walk. And demonstrated how to do it perfectly. And he, his faith, carried him through the birth in the manger. Through all of the stuff that happened in life and ministry. Through the scourging and through the cross. Amen. Amen. You know how he went to the cross? By faith. You know how he let them do that to him? By faith. By faith. It says it right here. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. How did he endure all that? It is faith. author and finisher of our faith. But the component that lets you see how this works is the joy. If you're in faith, how did Joshua and Caleb endure 40 years of belly aching and crying and whining all around them? And people dying everywhere. How'd they endure that? They weren't looking there. They were looking at something else. Is that right? The whole time they kept talking about looking at something else, talking about. I know they bound and got together and said, you remember that vineyard we went through? You remember that orchard we went through? Once in a while, Caleb said, you remember that mountain? I told you, don't pick that mountain. That's my mountain. I've already laid claim on that. That's mine. Joshua said, fine, fine. Yeah, we already already discussed that. Mine's going to be over here. And I know that may sound funny to you, but that's what you do. Brother Kenneth and Miss Gloria Copeland have one of the finest houses you've ever seen. It's big, real big, and it's fine. I mean, sometimes in a meeting, what, two dozen of us ministers will show up, spend a night. And uh, what a lot of folk may not understand and know, though, there's people who's found fault with them about their house, said ugly things. But what they don't know is that for 30 years, everybody say 30 years. 30 years. years. Miss Gloria carried around a notebook and cut pictures out of house magazines and made notes on things that she had seen. Things that she liked. And for 30 years, everybody say 30 30 years. She kept Letting that vision grow and develop on the inside of her. And the land, they had the ministry land through a lot of these years. And every once in a while, her and Brother Kenneth would get on their little boat and go across the lake to where this land was and take a picnic. And they'd sit out there. And he'd say, now Gloria, show me where everything is. It's where the house is supposed to be. Well, living room's over here. And this is the the kitchen, and this is the great room, and this is our bedroom over here, and and this is my big closet, and this is your big closet. And over here's the guest quarters, and over here's this, and over here that. They did that for decades. Not every day, but every once in a while they'd come in off of a meeting or something. They'd go over there, look at it, talk about it. We're going to do this here. We're going to do that there. And when they began this, no idea how in the world this could ever happen or come to pass. Why am I telling you this? That's what you do when you're in faith. You talk about things that it seems like there's no way that could ever happen, but you talk about it not like if it might happen someday, you talk about it like it's happening. It's just a matter of time. It's It's happening. It's happening. It's happening. it's happening. And no matter what anybody else says. Or doesn't say. And finally at the end of 30 years. Miss Gloria told Brother Kenneth. She's got closets full of books. She said. I need to build this. Or else forget about it. It's got so big in me. We can imagine all these years. I mean. she's. What do we need to do on this? Well they went aside and prayed and fasted for two or three days seeking the Lord. Are we really supposed to build this like we've had in our heart? Is anything that we need to do differently? And is it supposed to happen right now? And the Lord dealt with Brother Kenneth, ministered this house to her. And they got in faith and money, well they were already in faith, money began to come in. Right, left, all over the place, and they built that house cash. And I know people find fault with it, but what can I say? They're ignorant. That's right. That's right. It's inspirational. Yeah. We've been there, and it's been a blessing to us. A lot of times when if I get to go there for TV or some of these things or some of the rest, of, you know, like they do with others, they they just treat you like gold. I mean, You stay in such a wonderful place and it's so nice and you're comfortable and quiet and can just focus and pray. Well, why should owners of corporations and even ungodly people have these things only? And especially if you I mean, if you did believe God and you're practicing what you preach for 30 years, if it didn't come to pass, that would be a problem. That what you've been preaching for all these years doesn't work. But I didn't just say it because of them. I'm saying it because of you. Is there something you're talking about like they would go and talk about that house? Like they would go sit on that, those grounds and this goes here and that goes there? You need to be talking about something. Uh, Phyllis and I, every, every once in a while, I'll ask her probably more than once a week. What are we excited about? That's faith code talk. What are we excited about? What does that mean? That means what are we believing for? What are we in faith about? Not just something off the top of our head. Something we've sought the Lord. We've heard from him. We've got it in our spirit. It doesn't make any difference how big it is. If he said do it, we can do it. Right? And so for the joy that was set before Jesus, he endured the cross. He wasn't looking at the cross. How did he get through the cross? He wasn't focusing on the cross. Was the cross tough? We have no idea. It wasn't just physical. There were spiritual things happening. We be hard for us to imagine all the sins of all mankind, past, present and future came down on his spotless, sinless spirit. We don't know what that would be like. Had to be something for Jesus to cry out if there's any other way. Had to be something we barely know about. How did he make it through that? How did he get through that? He was looking at him that was unseen. And he was looking out beyond that cross. For the joy that people like you and me. Hallelujah, would be shouting and praising God that all our sins are washed away yes. and that we can be his forever and live and rule and reign. He had his eyes on that. Yes. And because he was looking at that, yes. he could get through this. Yes. Oh, glory to God yes. for the joy that was set before him. Yes. He endured the cross, despised the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Stand on your feet, everybody oh hallelujah praise you Lord praise you Lord let's lift up our hands just close your eyes I'm so glad he didn't say I can't I can't do this he said I can and I will by faith and he's my master and I'm his disciple. And he's my Lord. And I'm a believer in him. And that's what I say too. I can. Somebody needs to say I can. I can, I can, get, through this. I can get through this. All the way through this. All the way through. I'm looking by faith. I'm looking by faith. On, the other side, On the other side. I see joy. I see, joy. I see, victory. I see victory. I refuse. I refuse. To fixate and focus on what I feel and see natural reports natural needs natural people I refuse to look at that I'm looking above I'm looking beyond I'm looking to Jesus Hallelujah the author and the finisher